Hi and welcome back to the Balanced Boss podcast. I hope you're having a fab day wherever you're doing. Today's podcast is a recording of a training that I did in my Facebook group. So my Facebook group is Female Boss Society UK and it's a place where women come to learn, to grow and to support each other whilst balancing growing an aligned business with living a fulfilling life because that's what it's all about. So today's training was called The Power of Email Marketing and in it I discussed the benefits of email marketing, when you should start building your email list, how to build an email list, how many times you should email your list and what you should include in your emails. So I hope you enjoy it. If you have any questions, then please feel free to join the group. It's Female Boss Society UK on Facebook. There's a link in the show notes and you can also DM me at underscore the balance boss on Instagram if you want to ask me any questions or if you want me to send you the link to the group. I hope you enjoy it. Send your questions, send your feedback and have an amazing day. So what we're going to cover today is the benefits of email marketing when you should start building your email list, if you're going to do one, how you build an email list, so how you get started, how you can then use your email list for building relationships and for marketing. Hi, Emily. And what you should include in your emails for powerful emails. So I just want to start this by saying, like I said before, there's no right or wrong way to do this. I'm not here saying, you know, you should absolutely definitely have an email list. Everyone should. You know, I I do believe that all businesses would benefit from an email list, but, you know, it does come down to your availability. It comes down to your skill set. It comes down to your your ability to invest, invest time, invest energy, you know, potentially invest money into building an email list. You know, it is a skill. It's a skill that most people can acquire. But, you know, it comes down to evaluating whether this is something that would really impact your business in a positive way and whether it's worth for you investing that time energy or money into building your email list but I would say if you have capacity to do it if you think you can build the skill set to do it if you're willing to invest the time and energy you know potentially money into building one then it would be my recommendation to have an email list. I think with the rise of social media at the moment, social media being an an amazing tool for building and growing businesses, especially small small businesses, online businesses, service businesses, and product-based businesses, um, even in-person businesses, it's a really amazing tool to use and it seems to be leading the way for most businesses at the moment, but it doesn't mean that email is dead. Email is a really useful marketing tool and not just marketing tool, but relationship building tool that can be used very nicely alongside social media. So when I'm talking about email marketing today, it's not a case of, you know, use email marketing instead of social media. It's, you know, you can use it alongside it in a a very powerful way. So email marketing is definitely, definitely not dead. I do a lot of sales through email marketing. Email marketing for me, because my skill set is more long form writing and more storytelling, I'm able to do that. And we will get onto that in the benefits later. I'm able to do that in email marketing in a way that I'm not able to do on social media. Um, and because of that, I am able to make you know a decent an- a number of sales through email marketing. So let's just talk about the benefits. Okay, so Katie said a two, so you don't have an email list at the moment. Katie, just remind me what your business is because it's not it's not coming to me. Just remind me what your business is. Um, so the benefits of email marketing, so when we're comparing it to social media, so social media, that seems to be, you know, common at the moment, Instagram, Facebook, they're the social medias I'm familiar with. Um, I'm not on TikTok. I don't have TikTok, I don't consume TikTok. Um, So Instagram and Facebook generally is what I'm talking about when I say social media. You don't own that platform, you don't own those followers. So 
and it's it's actually happening quite commonly recently and I'm hearing from a few people who are being locked out of their Instagram or locked out of their Facebook or they're completely losing their Instagram accounts. It's happening. People are losing their accounts and not getting them back. We had that incident last year where Facebook and Instagram went down. They're the same company. So usually if something happens to one, it tends to happen with the other. Um, And then I think it was the year before was it a year before or two years before? I think it was only a year before. Um, you know, it went down for the first time. So it does happen. These aren't perfect platforms and you don't own the followers on those platforms. You don't own your followers. You don't own your friends. So if you build up a follower list of, you know, nice warm leads, you might have, you know, a few, a few hundred or even a few thousand. If you lose your Instagram account, if it disappears, if you get blocked from it and you can't get it back, you know, you, you don't own those followers. So you have no right to that information. It belongs to the platform. So a benefit of email lists is that you do own that information. So with the GDPR rules, when people give you their email address, they agree to be emailed. They, they agree to kind of hand that information over to you. So if anything did happen with your social media account, if anything happened in your business and you lost touch with those people, you still have the the contact details and you still have um, the details of people on that email list and they have agreed to to hand those over to you. So you do have ownership of that information. So it, it's pretty safe. Um, obviously, unless something happens with your email account and it gets hacked and you lose that information, which, you know, we won't go into, but it's generally pr- pretty safe. You own that information. So that's one benefit of email marketing. Another benefit is one I've just mentioned. You can do um, long phone copy. So, you know, you can loads of different options of ways to email people. You can use templates. You can do really nice marketing emails. It's not the trend right now. Um, we're more commonly going down the more plain text route, which essentially just looks like a normal email. Um, it tends to bounce less. Um, it tends to get recognized as spam less, so people are more likely to receive it. It looks less markety and it looks less salesy. It's a lot more personal um, and it's a lot more authentic. And that's kind of the route that we're going down in terms of marketing anyway at the moment. So plain text email is um, preferred and more commonly used at the moment. But there are loads of options of, of how you can use your email marketing. You can use templates, you can use branding, you can use images, you can use video. Um, you can do long form, you can do short form, you can have um, links, you can have, there's loads of different th- ways you can use email marketing. So um, it's a lot more flexible and it's a lot more diverse and there's less restrictions. So, you know, you don't necessarily have the word limit that you have in a caption on an Instagram um, or, you know, on um, on Twitter um you can put links in so you can't hyperlink at the moment that might change i don't know you can't hyperlink at the moment in for example an instagram post where you can you know put links and buttons in email so it's a lot more diverse and you're able to do a lot more with it than you can with like social media captions it's really good for storytelling so like i said before that long form content storytelling is a really powerful way to sell it's a really powerful way to build relationships it's a really powerful way to evoke emotion in the people who are reading it and that works really well in sales so you're able to do that a lot better on email marketing because you've got um you don't have that um caption limit um you can personalize emails so you know you've probably had email sent to you before and it says hi and then your name it might personalize other information about yourself and you're able to do that um when you're writing to people on your email list so this is something that i do when i'm emailing the people on my list i personalize it so i might put their name in the subject of the email so when they see it in their inbox it might say you know Ashley, have you thought about this? Or Ashley, is this happening at the moment? And you're able to really speak to the reader in a in a really personal way. So you can do that on email in a way that you can't do that on social media. So it's a lot more personal, it's a lot more direct, and it's very, very good for relationship building. You're able to segment your market on an email list, which you're not really able to do on Instagram unless you're going to have multiple Instagram accounts. So what I mean by this is when you you can have when you start building your email list, you'll have like your the general email list with everyone on it. So it's everybody who's joined that list in one big list. You can then segment that into mini lists. 
which represent different types of markets or different types of buyers. So as an example, um, when I did a free three day masterclass in February, I think it was, um, no, end of January, end of January, when people signed up, I asked them a question about where they were in their business journey. So I gave them the options. Um, I haven't yet started my business. I've had my business for under a year and I've had my business for over a year, some kind of variation of those questions. So then when people signed up to the three day experience, they chose which option best applied to them. What I was then able to do is I was then able to segment that list into three separate lists based on how experienced those people were in their business and where they were in their business journey. And then I was able to write directly to them based on where they are in their journey. And I was able to tweak the word and in different ways to apply directly to those people. And I was able to offer them something that was specific to the situation that they're in at the moment, because for example, if I was sending one email to all those people, I would have been, I would have had to try and generalize what I was selling and what I was helping them with across someone who hadn't even started their business and someone who had potentially had their business for maybe like two to five years or even more. It's going to be very hard to get detailed and get specific in what you're trying to help someone with, what you're trying to sell to someone and what container you're trying to sell them or what offer you're trying to sell them if there's such a big variation in experience. So what you're able to do with your email list is to segment them to as specifically as you humanly can. So you can really directly target the emails to them. So it's describing their exact situation. It's describing exactly what they need and want help with at the moment. And then you're able to build that relationship with them in that space and meet them where they're at and then also sell to them what's appropriate to where they are in the process at the moment now that's obviously going to be slightly different depending on what your business is you know for coaching that works really well for a product-based business it might be slightly different but you can still segment in a way that aligns with your business um katie said home fragrances but taken Oh, taking the step into the coaching world. Ooh, this is exciting. So do I know about this? I'm trying to remember now. Um, this is exciting. Okay, so what I'm talking about now then, this could uh, this could apply for you very soon. Um, so they're, they're the main benefit, I would say, in terms of where people are going to be at who's watching this video. The main things in terms of the main differences between, you know, purely social media marketing and email marketing. There's loads of other benefits, there's loads of other features, um, but I would say for whoever's watching this, they will be the main benefits and why I would recommend having an email list. So when should you start building your list? So you'll hear different things about this. Some people will say, I mean, oh, it's you, of course. Oh my God. This is hilarious. So basically I've been speaking to Katie like every day and because I've been knowing her as her business and not her name, I can, when you said home fragrances, because I had in my head, um, fizz viz, I had like a very specific image of like candles and like home scents. But when you said home fragrances, I some, some reason thought perfume, um, you can see what kind of space my brain's in today. Of course it's you, okay. So when should you start building your email list? People will say different things about this. So some people will say, you know, don't build it straight away. It's not a good use of time. Don't spread yourself too thin, which are all valid points. However, if you can create the space and if you can create the time, I would say the earlier, the better. So this is something I've been working on with my last mastermind group. Um, uh, one of them in particular had just started coaching business. A, a couple of others already had their coaching business established, but they didn't either have an email list or they weren't using their email list. So we started that process early on because it really aligned with their skill set in terms of selling. And it was going to really help them develop relationships and get into good habits early on. 
Um, so I would say it's never too early to start building your email list. You don't have to wait until you've got, you know, hundreds of followers on social media. It, it doesn't have to, building your email list doesn't have to rely on you being at a certain level anywhere else in your business to start, um, to start that process. So if you do have the capacity, if you can make yourself available, if you can, you know, if you can invest the energy, you know, you might even have money to invest into paying someone else to do it. I would say it's never too early to do it. So if you think after what I'm saying today that it's something that would really align with you, if you think it sounds really interesting, if you think it's gonna be another way to really target your market really well, then it's never too early. If it feels right, then I would say start the process and learn more about it. Um, You don't have to be, you have to make sure that you have the capacity to not only do the setup, but to also email consistently. So ideally you wanna be, well, I'm gonna go through in a minute when you should um, email your list, but we wanna make sure that you're able to nurture the list from the beginning. And you're not just building your list to sit there until you have something to sell. This is a mistake that I do see a lot with people that are like, oh yeah, I'm going to build my email list because when it comes to selling, I'm able to sell in a different way and sell more personally and, you know, in my email list, which is true. But the nurture and the warming up process that applies to social media especially applies when it comes to your email list because what happens on social media is even if you're not intentionally warming people up you're always warming people up if you're given value but you're not in a specific value phase of your launch you're still given value because you're showing up either every day or most days you're showing up on stories you're posting you know you're messaging people you're engaging so you're always kind of in a phase of warming people up so even though you're going to go into a specific warm-up phase when you go into a launch you're about to sell something you're kind of always in that phase I, I something that I always said is you know you're always in the value phase so when it comes to selling you kind of will have already started warming people up without intentionally trying to warm them up there's a fly in here by the way and it's really annoying I don't know if you can hear it we can see a flying around the difference with your email list is people on your email list you know, unless they're also watching you on Instagram, if you're not emailing them, you're not warming them up, you're not giving value to them, you're not nurturing them, you know, you're not taking them on the on a date before you ask them to marry you. Like warming up on social media and building an audience and launching and selling, you know, it can very much be compared to dating in that similar way. You know, you don't meet someone online and then ask them to marry you the next day or ask them to move in with you. You go on a few dates, you see if you like each other, you see if you're going to be a good fit, you see, okay, can I spend time around this person? Do I want to invest my time and energy and my money into this person? Um, yes, then you take it a step further. It, it's the same with this. If you're building an email list, you know, you want to still be dating those people. You want to be warming them up. You want to be able to email them consistently, probably at least once a week, giving them some value. We don't want to just build up the numbers and stack the numbers for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and then send them one email and say, buy my thing. Because they're going to be in a position of, hang on, you've not even, you've not shown me that this is worth buying. You've not shown me that you're worth investing in. You've not shown me that you're the person that can help me. You've not shown me that, you know, you know what you're talking about. We've not built a relationship. I don't even know if I really like you yet. I just wanted the free thing that I gave you my email for. So you also need to make sure that when it comes to thinking, okay, do I want to build my email list yet? Do I have the capacity to be given value and emailing them at least once a week? And if you don't, do you have, you know, money to invest in hiring someone to email them once a week? And I'm going to go through how you can, how you can, how you can email them once a week um, more easily a little bit later on. If anyone's got any questions, by the way, um, throw them in. So how do you build an email list? First of all, before we go into the mechanics and the methods of actually physically building the email list, you need to get really, really clear on who you want on that list. So getting really, really clear on why you want to build the email list, what those people are going to be there for, who is going to be on that list, who do you want on that list. So now we're getting into the ideal client um, research. 
and the ideal client work. Um, I'm not going to go into loads and loads of detail about this now because there are trainings already in the group in, I think it was the Create and Elevate experience that talk about clarity and that there are another couple of trainings where I mention clarity and I do actually have something coming soon where I'm going to be talking about that. So I'm not going to go into too much, too much detail now, but part of that process at the very early stages, at the very beginning, that clarity work is so, so, so important. And this kind of comes, I know we're talking about email today, but this this is the case with any sort of mark. And this is the case before you decide to launch anything, before you decide to create anything, before you decide to even, you know, take people into your services before you decide to sign people up. You need to be super, super clear on who those people are, what their goals are and what they want and need and what your message is going to be to those people. So we're really setting the tone for, you know, what this email list is going to be because it's its own entity. It's going to be, yes, it should be an extension to the market and you're already doing. So probably that's going to be on social media. It's going to be an extension of that. But you also need to make sure that you're super clear and you're intentional about, you know, what this is for so you can really use it properly. So first of all, getting clarity. Then <clears throat> you can just create an email list and have a link to it and say, if you want to be on my email list, click this link and sign up to it. You can do that, but you're very unlikely to build an email list by just doing that because people want something in return you know people tend to not want to join someone's email list for the sake of joining someone's email list unless they really already enjoy hearing what they talk about unless they know they're going to give them tons of value <clears throat> so what we want to do really is we want to give them something in exchange for their email um, their email address so i'll be surprised if not everybody who's got who's going to be watching this now or watching it back hasn't downloaded something free and gave their email um email address in as an exchange so when someone offers you something for free but they say okay you can have this for free but you know put your email in this box and we'll send it to your inbox that process is so they can have your email address so they can then give you value and market to you in the future you know they don't just want to give you something for free for the sake of giving you something for free obviously if they're in it for with good intention they want you to have the thing because it's going to help you but the overall strategy is to get your email address because they want you on that list because they want to sell to you and that is essentially what you're going to do to build your email list so this is called a lead magnet so <clears throat> does what it says in the 10 it's called a lead magnet because essentially it's going to be a magnet to a lead so a lead is someone in say your audience I like using the word fans so fans is a is a bit of an easier word to understand over lead so if you imagine yourself you've got an audience on Instagram or an audience somewhere on social media and you'll have you know the audience who are kind of just outsiders they might look at your stuff because they might be a little bit nosy um you know they'll take it or leave it they're probably not going to commit to anything they're probably not going to take any further steps to come and you know more into your world or into your business so they're kind of just general audience they're just followers they're just people that are there and then you have your fans so your fans are the people that are always watching they're always engaging they always want to know what you've got coming up they they want to buy your stuff they're interested in it like if you're ever bringing anything out for free they want to be in it like they want to hear what you've got to say they want your input you know they want your energy they really like you so your your leads are essentially your fans and the magnet so this is your magnet these are your leads so the magnet is the free thing that's going to draw drive those leads and attract those leads to it so they want to give their email address in exchange for this thing so your lead magnet can be a number of different things usually well not usually but i would say probably a few years ago not that too long ago but a few years ago a lead magnet would normally be something downloadable like a pdf so it might be an ebook it might be like a one sheet it might be um like a workbook or a worksheet it might be an excerpt of something so usually something physical that some, someone can download and either learn from um or interact with now more commonly 
and lead magnet is something a little bit more interactive so it's something like a video training or something like a mini course or a masterclass, for example so in a world now where video is leading we tend to want more to give our information over so i would say offering something like a video like a, a, a free, maybe like a 10, 15 minute video. You might do a mini course of like three, 10 minute videos. You might do a masterclass. Your lead magnet can even be something that you've already created before and you just make it, you make it a lead magnet. For example, if I was to record this training, I know it went a little bit tits up with the Zoom, so <laughs> I've not actually recorded it for the outside. But if I did record this on Zoom today, I could essentially repackage this up as a lead magnet and I could put it on my Instagram, I could put it on a landing page and I could say, okay, I've got this free power of email marketing training. I'm gonna show you, you know, tell you the benefits of building your email list. I'm gonna tell you how to build your email list. I'm gonna tell you how many times you should email your the people on your list and it's gonna help you make sales, it's gonna help you make money, whatever the pitch might be. They think, oh, I really want this because I feel like I should build my email list, but I don't know where to start. So they will download this and give me their email address in exchange. And then I can then email them once or twice a week, giving them loads and loads of value. Then when I've got something to sell, I will sell it in my email list and then they might buy, they might not. So your lead magnet is essentially anything that will align with, with your ideal client. So it's going to be something that your ideal client wants. And it's going to be something that you know will help draw them into your business. It's something that will give them tons of value. It's something that will help them. And it's something that will make them want to keep engaging and something that they'll want to hand their email address over for. So I would recommend that if you're going to do something like this, if you're in a space like coaching, that you make your lead magnet or at least one of your lead magnets, you can have more than one. Um, something video based, that would be my recommendation. But again, there's nothing wrong with having something like a PDF. Just people are generally less likely to download them because, you know, so many people are doing it and it's usually the case that someone will download it and they don't actually do anything with it. So um, when it comes to lead magnets as well, like I said before, you can have more than one. So um, it's completely up to you how many you have. If you're gonna have more than one, it's, it's smart to do different ones targeted at different versions of your ideal client so it might be your ideal client at different points so like I said earlier when I did the segment of my market um of my list I did the people who hadn't started their business yet the people who had their business less than a year and the people who had their business for more than a year so I could essentially create three different lead magnets targeted at those three people if I've got a container that suits all three so I might do a lead magnet which is something like you know how to start your coaching business I'm going to give you a 15 minute free training on you know where to start if you want to build a coaching business and I'm going to target that at people who haven't yet started their business because I might have a container coming or I might have an evergreen container that is specifically for those people so I'm giving value to just those people and I'm warming those up I'm getting them on the list I'm segmenting them so then when this thing is available to sell I'm going to target it there um, with that specific container. So see how you can use different lead magnets for different variations of your ideal client um, to get as specific as possible in the message that they need to hear in order to know that you're the person that they want to work with. So you've done your clarity work. You've decided on who the ideal client is. You've decided on what their goals are what they want and need and what the messaging needs to be you've then mapped out and created a lead magnet you've done the technology side you've put it on a landing page you've set up the form so they take it in exchange for their email address then what happens next then you're going to do your welcome sequence so your welcome sequence is a set of automated emails that you've already set up so they receive them as soon as they download um as soon as they hand their email address over for the lead magnet. So it might be something like three or four emails. The first one will be a welcome email. So automatically, as soon as they've handed over their email address, they'll automatically get an email in their inbox straight away with the lead magnet. So it, it'll be something like, hi, personalize it with their name. You know, I'm so glad you've downloaded XYZ. It's going to help you with XYZ. 
any instructions that they need to watch or download or to do whatever the lead magnet is, put it in that first email and then they'll have access to either the video or the PDF or the course or whatever it might be. So keep your first email quite short because if you go into the mindset, and this is something that I always advise doing, you know, get out of your own ego of your own business, like step out of business owner mode, step out of coach mode. When you're creating anything, then step into the mind of the of the other person, of the ideal client. So if you think of yourself in that situation, you've just read this amazing thing about this lead magnet, you're dying for it, you're dying to get your teeth stuck into it, you're excited for it. You give your email address over, you get the email. Are you going to sit for 10 minutes reading a really long email? No, you just want the free thing. You're going to want to click on the video straight away. You're going to want to download the PDF straight away. So it's completely useless and a waste of time to fill this first email with loads of information and loads of value because in the head of that person, all they want is this free thing. You've just gone on, on maybe Instagram, you may be doing a promotion, you might have gone on on a landing page or a sales page. You've gone on and on about how great this thing is. And then, you know, they get into the email and then you're trying to make them pause by reading loads of value first. No, you're getting them excited because you want them to want the thing straight away. So let's not add any more distractions into that first email. Let's tell them just what they need to know and let's give them the thing that they came for. That'll be the first email. The second email, my recommendation, again, these are my recommendations. This isn't me saying you have to do it this way, but based on what I've done before and what I've helped people with, this seems to work really well. The second email I recommend is an accountability email. And this is because people don't take action. Now, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I always want to give people credit, but let's be honest, you know, we're busy, we're consuming tons and tons and tons of information. We're seeing loads of things on social media. We're getting loads of emails. We've got stuff going on in our lives. No matter how desirable or exciting that free thing seems to be, how many of you have downloaded something for free and then the next day completely forgot you've downloaded it or you've looked at it for five minutes and then you've never looked at it again or you've not taken action on it? People just do that. People don't take action. And especially for free things, you know, people tend to put in, people tend to invest more time and energy into something that they've already got a stake in, which is why when people invest in something like coaching or invest in a service, they tend to give it, you know, more effort than they would if it was for free. So we're already at a space where they've downloaded the free thing, life has gotten in the way, they've probably looked at it once and then not looked at it again. So that second email, I would say maybe two days later, to check back in with them and to just check how they're getting on with whatever it is that you've given them. If it's a workbook, asking them, you know, have you started the workbook yet? You know, what of, it has to link back to the thing, so it's difficult to say, but you know, what are your biggest lessons so far? Is there anything that surprised you? Um, you know, what have you got out of it? Asking them questions about the thing that you've given them. So we're not here to say, have you watched it yet? I bet you haven't because it's free and I bet you've ignored it because you're not taking action because you're scared um, and you're procrastinating. No, we're not here to judge people, even though we know that that's the reason that they've not watched or, or consumed it. But we're here to just nudge in the right direction. We're here to just say, you know, have you watched it or have you read it? Um, what was your favourite thing? What was your biggest lessons? You know, what are you going to take action on first? And just give them a few little points of accountability as a reminder for them to think, oh, I've not watched it yet or I've not took action yet or I've not filled it in yet. You know, I need to do that. And then, you know, give them some advice on how to make more time and space to do this. And again, link it back to your business. If you're a coach, for example, you might be coaching somebody on, you know, work-life balance, for example. If you're coaching someone on work-life balance, they probably don't have a good work-life balance at the moment. So they're probably not good at making time and space for them. So you might want to then give them some pointers at the end. You know, if you're struggling to find time for this in your day, X, Y, Z, give them some advice. If you're struggling to consume this, give them some advice. Um, so, you know, link it back to the thing that you're actually selling them and, you know, give them a helping hand, give them a little bit of a nudge in the right direction so they can actually consume what you've given them because you know it's going to help them. So I would say that kind of accountability email comes about two days after the first email.
then I would say, you know, maybe three or four days after that, give them some value. So link it back to the lead magnet. What it'll do is, again, if they've still not looked at it, it, it might jog their memory and it might give them a little bit of nudge to go back to it. Or they might just realise, you know what, if I can't even make time to, to watch this video, then, you know, how am I going to make these changes in the future? How, how do I expect to be able to you know, take action and implement and change and achieve what I want to achieve. If I can't even watch this video, I need to contact this person. I need a little bit more help. I need a little bit more guidance. So in that third email, we want to be giving them value, which links back to the lead magnet, but not so much that they will have have to consumed it for this to make sense because we also don't want to write them off if they haven't watched it. We don't want to lose them anywhere and we also don't want to make them feel too guilty if they've not watched it already either. So just generally giving them some extra value which is related to what you do or related back to the lead magnet. And then a call to action at the end could be to take the next step to actually contact you. If you're someone who does, you know, discovery calls or clarity calls, people call them loads of different things, breakthrough calls, wherever it might be. You can then say, you know what, if you're, if you're struggling to put this into action, click this link or drop me a message or whatever your call to action is. And, you know, book in a call with me and we can actually talk about this. You know, you're obviously struggling with this. You're obviously struggling to find time to even watch this in the first place. You probably need a little bit more help and direction from me. And, you know, I'm willing to give you 15, 20 minutes of my time for free if it's going to help you with this, because that's what I'm here for. So you're then offering a call to action, three emails in. You might want to do another value email. Again, it depends how warm people are. It depends what your business is. But that last email should have some sort of call to action in it to take the next step. It might be to have a call with you. It might be something else, whatever aligns with your strategy um, to sign clients. So that generally is a recommended email sequence to start with. And then after that, it's okay, how, how many times then should I email? Again, there's no rules on this, but we don't want to overwhelm people. We don't want to shove it down people's throats. It does annoy me when I'm getting three or four emails off a company a week. I do tend to unsubscribe. That's my personal thing, but... I tend to I tend to use my actions as evidence for other people. If I don't want to receive four emails a week off a business, then I don't I'm not gonna send four emails a week. Um that's kind of that's kind of how I work and that's how I make decisions and also based on you know other evidence of things that have happened. So I would say one to two times a week to email your list. Once once a week is, is more than enough if you're gonna give really good value um, in that email. Ways that you can, just to tie this into the next bit, ways to email your list if you, know, you are a little bit time poor um, is to repurpose some social media content. So you can do this by taking a post that you've done, you can even just copy and paste that actual post. I've, I've seen people do this. Copy and paste your actual post into an email and just word for word, like for like, send out as an email. I've seen people do it. I personally think it's a little bit lazy. I think if these people are going to read my social media content, why should I repurpose it exactly word for word and send them it in an email? Um, you know, because they're probably going to see it on Instagram anyway. I, I'm not saying don't do it, but I do personally think it is a little bit lazy. What I would recommend instead is for you to take the message of what's in your social media content and maybe elaborate it on a, a little bit further or in a little bit more depth or in a, in a different direction and, you know, just kind of make it a little bit more specific and more aligned to the people on the list. It's a, it's a quicker and easier way to develop social media content. But I would say if you're going to completely repurpose your Instagram or Facebook content into an email and do it like for like, then I would recommend you send another email that week, which is which is value that they won't have seen elsewhere or value given that is elsewhere, but in a slightly different way. I think if you're only going to email your list once a week, it should be something a little bit more original and it should be something, you know, slightly different or slightly more valuable to what they're seeing on Instagram. Otherwise, what's the point in them being on your email list if you're just going to be sending them your Instagram or Facebook content? Um, you need to make them feel special. You need to make sure that, you know, they've given their email address for a reason. If you're going to email me and come into my inbox and send me something personal, I at least want it, some, it to be something that's valuable. 
I want it to be something that you've spent some time on. I want it to be something that you've put some thought behind. I want it to be something that's actually going to help me. I don't want it to just be a rehash of what you posted on Instagram because, you know, anyone could do that. So I would say if you're going to email them once a week, try and make it a little bit more original. But if you're going to email them twice a week, then, you know, you're kind of in a better position to be able to repurpose like for like some of that content because they are going to get some extra value as well. I would say when you're launching, um, you know, it's going to be any t- anywhere from like one to three emails a week. When you're launching, for example, and you're getting closer to like a car close time, you might want to do like a 48 hour reminder, a 24 hour reminder and an on the day reminder. You know, that's three emails in three days. So it does get a little bit more intense around launch time or around selling time. So that does change slightly when you're in those phases, but generally in terms of value, I would say once or twice a week is is a is a nice number. Um I was gonna do something else that wasn't on my list that I've just thought of and it's literally just gone out of my head. Oh yeah. So another nice thing to do with your email list is something that I do with one of my clients. So she does in-person treatments, she also sells products, sells products online, she's a skincare specialist. Um the way we do her newsletter, she does a once a month newsletter and everybody on her newsletter gets first access, priority access to any offers, any discounts, anything that she does that is a benefit of being on her list so that is a way that she makes her list feel special that is a way that is a strategy she uses to get more people on the list because if she's talking about something on instagram you know i've got a new offer coming soon um i've got an opportunity for you to be able to save x amount or get x amount of products for this much off wherever it might be you know there's only six of these available but if you're on my email list if you get my newsletter you'll receive it on Thursday and you'll have 48 hours before everybody else to make that purchase. So giving your email list some sort of priority over your offers and priority over your containers is a really, really powerful way to make them feel special and to build relationships. And it's also a really good incentive to get people onto your list. So that's something that I'm going to be doing a lot more of. I'm launching something soon and my email list is going to have priority over social media um so again you don't have to do that but it's a really nice way to nurture your list and to make them feel special so what you should what should you include in your email so like i said before you can repurpose your social media content i would advise changing it up a little bit but you can do it like for like um if you want to um give value so week to week give value try and make it aligned so you know if you're if you have a message or you're or you know you're launching something or something's coming up soon try and align your social media content or wherever else you sell with your email content and try and kind of make it all make sense because this kind of comes into branding and I don't want to go too deep into branding but if you if you have a really strong message in a way that you help people We ideally want people to be able to recognize that message wherever it is. So even though your email list is separate from social media, we don't want to be like selling two completely different things or giving two completely different messages. They still connect in some way. It still kind of has to make sense. We don't want to be confusing anyone. We don't want people on your email list receiving one kind of information and talking about something completely different on, you know, Instagram or Facebook. It gets confusing for them and it also gets confusing for you. So, you know, still try and keep your content fairly consistent in message across the different platforms. There's just in email, there's just a slightly different way that you can provide that message, but the message is essentially the same. Encourage engagement. So call to actions, you know, do this on social media as well um, with every post, but on email don't be afraid to do this too even though people can't directly comment you know it doesn't necessarily mean that people can't engage I always like to encourage people to dm me or to email me if if they want to you know engage with something if I you know talk about something specific I'll say you know try this and then dm me and let me know how you're getting on like actually tell me what the what the progress is or what the outcome is like I actually want to know um you know I'm not just writing this email for fun like I actually want you to apply this and I want and I want to see the result of it so you know let me know I sent an email out yesterday which was essentially to let my 
big you know, the whole email list know that um i'm not going to be sending out my monday memo for the foreseeable so my monday memo for anyone who isn't on the list is my weekly email so it's a it's a bit like a newsletter but it, it comes out weekly and it was essentially a download of what's been happening in the business and in my life the week before and i would also recommend books to read um, i'd have like either a read a must read, a must watch or a must listen. So it was either like a book, a podcast or, you know, an interview or something that I would recommend that week. It would be journal prompts. It would be an update on my life. It would be an update on the business and then also any offer that I've got going on at that moment. And it would also have some self-reflection message in there as well. It was a lovely email and people did really enjoy it, but, you know, I had to make the decision. And this is also going off on a little tangent, but this is also important. It's important to reflect on what's aligned and what's not in the business anymore even though the message in it was still aligned the actual activity of creating the email and sending it out didn't it didn't fit in in the balance and the space that I'm trying to make in the business at the moment so I don't outsource my content I don't outsource my emails the Monday memo especially is something that's really personal to me and I do write it on a Monday so usually what happens is if you have a newsletter or a weekly or a monthly email it's written in advance and it's scheduled so someone will sit and probably write like two or three maybe four weeks in advance and they'll schedule it um the Monday memo I wanted it to be super authentic and super in the moment so I would actually write it every Monday the Monday it went out and it took at least two hours every Monday. Sometimes it took longer because, you know, I wanted it to be, I wanted it to be good. I didn't want it to just be, oh, throw some stuff together and throw it out. That wasn't the point in doing it. And because of that, it was just taking up so much time on my Monday. And, you know, I'm wanting to create more space in my business. I'm wanting to create more balance in my business. I'm wanting to focus on different kinds of delivery and different kinds of content. And for something like that to take two to three hours on a Monday, it just, it, it just didn't make sense. It, it wasn't, it wasn't good business sense moving forward. So I, I then made the decision that I'm going to not do it for the foreseeable. I'm going to just keep emailing the list um, value once or twice a week and all the journal prompts, the must reads, the must watch, the must listens, everything like that is going to be posted in this Facebook group instead. So I'm going to keep giving those recommendations, but in a different way, in a more informal way. And bringing this back to why I started telling you that story is the engagement. So I told everyone yesterday that this is the reason, I was really honest, this is the reason it's not going forward. It might come back in the future, it might not, it might look different, I don't know. But you know, in the meantime, you can join the Facebook group if you still want that kind of content, if, if you're into business, if you're a business owner join the Facebook group and you can you can get that content there but if you want to be on you know my other email list if you want value on business um, and mindset then respond with the word me and I will put you on the other email list so you can get that other value so then people have responded saying me and even though I wrote it because I wanted even though I wrote it because I wanted to know who could go on that list. I didn't want to single anyone out. You know, it, I was still surprised at how many people actually responded. And it's that level of care and that level of engagement, um, which kind of, it comes to light and it shows itself when you, when you encourage it. So, you know, you might think, you know, people aren't going to read this, people aren't going to bother responding. You know, again, I'm getting into my mindset with emails. I get so many emails. I'm like, oh, because I just can't, I actually can't be bothered reading all these. But actually, if you give people the call to action to engage, the people who are the people who are warm and not necessarily warm leads to buy something, but people who are just warm in your world, people who like you, people who know you've got something to say, people who value what you've got to say, give them a chance to engage back, ask them to respond to the email, make sure that you can actually get email replies, first of all ask them to respond, ask them to send you answers, ask them to send you words, like don't be afraid to encourage that engagement, just because it's not on social media and you're not getting an instant response or you're not doing a poll um, or you're not getting an immediate DM, it doesn't mean that people can't engage from an email list, so take the lessons and take what you apply to social media and apply it to your email list still, still encourage that engagement, still allow people to be a part of, of, of the conversation. 
Um, give priority access and offers. That's what I mentioned before. Um, just to talk about, I didn't put this in the plan, but I will just mention some platforms that you can use for email marketing. So um, I obviously don't know all the platforms. I've not used all the platforms. So I'm not necessarily given recommendations. I'm just given options for you to explore. Um, MailChimp jumps out at me. I'll be honest, I don't love MailChimp. I used MailChimp in my old job when I did events. Um, I didn't love it. I think it's a bit clunky. I think it's too complicated for what it is. I've got a client who's using it at the moment and she's having a bit of trouble with it. But, you know, it is a really popular email platform. So, you know, definitely worth um, exploring and trying out. Um, ConvertKit is another place you can do your emails from. Um, Kartra is another place you can do your emails from. Kartra has loads of integrations. Um, for It's kind of like an all-rounder platform, Kartra. You can do courses on there, you can do landing pages on there and so forth. Um, I know that Emily, who was here earlier, I don't know if she's still here, she used Kartra. Um, what else, what else, what else? I use something called Kajabi. So Kajabi is, I've tried different things. I've I've jumped into Kartra and I've tried that. Um, I, cause I'm so used to Kajabi, I just couldn't work it. So I canceled the free trial. Um, Kajabi is again, an all round platform. It's somewhere where you can host, you can host your podcast now. You can create a website, you can create landing pages, you can create sales pages, you can do email, you can create courses, you can create pro programs, memberships massive 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 platform which is now becoming really aligned with coaches i've used it for a while but now it's becoming really aligned with coaches i will be honest it's not cheap so if you're gonna use it then you know make sure that you're using it for and using most of um the features in there if you're just gonna use it for email i don't think it's worth it i think um i am actually on i'm not even on the top one anymore because i didn't need it um and I think I pay it might be like a hundred and fifty something dollars a month um which is a lot if you're just going to do an email list so if you just do an email I wouldn't recommend it but if you want to branch out and have like a platform where you can do all your coaching from all your courses I would recommend it um and if you do want to use it let me know because I can give you a referral code and I've never done that before so that'd be quite nice um other ones that you can use Wix actually is something that a few of my clients are using. So Wix is website building software. Um, there's someone in here called Rachel. She built websites on Wix. Um, so she is the expert on this. We actually did a an Instagram live a couple of weeks ago. So if you go on my Instagram, it will be there. Me and Rachel. Um, so go to here if you've got any questions about Wix. I've used Wix in the past for one of my old websites. I didn't love it. I thought it was a bit clunky, but apparently it's had loads of um, updates since then. And apparently it's it's really good to use now. So that's good for emails, landing pages, websites. Um, Squarespace is also a really popular one. That's a really nice drag and drop feature. So one of my other clients, she uses Squarespace. And again, you can use that for website, landing pages, email. So there's loads of different platforms that you can use. It all comes down to, you know, what you find the easiest to use, what has the features that you want from it, and also um, what aligns in terms of how much money you want to invest into it. And then the last thing when it comes to your email list, like with any platform, is sell. <laughs> so the amount of times I've had conversations with especially new clients, and we talk about, okay, you know, what are your goals? Who's the client? You know, what services have you got? Let's map out your product suite. What does it look like? What are you talking about online? Okay, how often are you actually selling? And they're posting all the posts, they're posting every day, they're showing up on stories, they're creating all the things, but they're not actually actively selling anything. And selling, this is gonna be a whole other training altogether, selling mindset. The fear around selling is just such a big one. It's not something I'm going to go into now because I'll be here for another five hours. No one wants that. Um, but, you know, if you're going to go into this, all this effort to do all of this work and to give all of this energy and all of this time to create and all of these things, and then, but you're not going to sell your services. You're not going to, you know, actively offer someone something in exchange for money, something that's going to help them then you don't have a business. 
essentially. It sounds really cutthroat, but if you're not selling, you don't have a business. You what you what you have is a hobby. So like with anywhere, like with your social media, anything, like with your emails, don't forget to sell. If you have a business page, especially if you are, you know, very obviously out there as a business, as a coach, as a service provider, whatever it might be, people expect you to sell because you're a business, because that's what you're there for. You help people or you give people something in exchange for money. You know, people get that as an exchange. You don't walk into Zara and, you know, are shocked that they want money in exchange for you know, the pair of jeans that you're going to buy. We go into shops expecting to have to pay for what's in there. It's the same. It's the same on social media. It's the same in email. If someone's going to follow you and someone wants your help for something, they should expect to pay from it for it. That's unless you're getting into the friend zone, which again is another subject altogether. But, you know, you are there to sell. And if you believe in what you're selling, you should be able to sell it. If you believe that the thing you have is actually going to help someone, you have every right to sell it. That's why you're here. That's what your business is. So the same applies in your email. You know, give the value, warm people up, but don't miss that final vital part of selling. There could be people in your audience now who are like dying to work with you, but you've just not given them the opportunity. And we assume that people are just going to message us. And sometimes it does happen. Sometimes people message and they say, you know, what have you got coming out? Or can you send me information about this? Because I want to buy it. I want to jump in. You will get those people, of course. You will get those people. But not everyone, if not, not every one of those people. Some people, they need the nudge. Some people, they need the opportunity. Some people, they need to just see what the thing looks like and hear about what the thing is so they can say, oh, I'll have that. It's like, again, we're walking into Zara, there's nothing on the shelves. Imagine, just imagine this for a second. I'm quite visual. I like doing stuff like this. Imagine yourself walking into Zara or your or whatever your favourite clothes shop is. You walk in, there's nothing on the shelves. All the hangers are completely bare. And the way the shopping experience works is you just have to decide in your head make up what it is that you want and then ask the person who works there okay um i want a i want a top i want a top that would be nice for like day drinks but it's not too dressy but it's not too casual and i really suit like a bardo cut and i really like like neutral colors but i don't want to be so neutral that it's boring um and you know I'm five foot three so I want it to be like fairly like this like do you have anything like that and then the person has to go uh no I don't think we have anything like that do you have any can you imagine if that's what your shopping experience was like if you just had to go in and and make up in your head what you want and ask if they have it and then see if they have it or not that is what you're doing to your your client your potential clients and your potential customers if you're not telling them what you have to buy imagine yourself as that clothes shop people come onto your page people come onto your instagram people come into your email list they want to be able to see that you've got things on offer to sell if you have things on offer you might not and that's okay <coughs> but when you do have things to sell they want to be able to see what that is so they can be like, yes, that's what I want. That's the top I want. That's the service I want. So remember to actually talk about your services and to sell them to people. What really winds me up, sorry, going on a rant. Go on a rant, this is what we're here for. If customers, I think they can bargain a price with you. Yeah, it, frustr it frustrates me greatly because it all takes time and effort, it's offensive. Exactly, and you know, you will get those people less likely in services i will say because i um i'm guessing that you're talking about the products it happens less in services it does happen less in services it's never happened to me um but it does happen in services still and you know when it comes to those situations first of all they're not an aligned client if they don't see the value in your products or in your service or they're trying to barter you down they're not an ideal client you know they can go and find someone else who's who's cheaper um and they can go and invest elsewhere so they're not your ideal client um and you know also in those moments you really have to know 
your value and, and the value of, not you, sorry, not your value, the value of your service and the value of your products. So it's about standing really firm in that. And actually in the beginning, it's really difficult to do that because you just get excited thinking, oh, I've got a client. Oh, someone wants to work with me. Oh, someone wants to pay me some money. Um, it's hard not, it's hard to turn that down, but you have to always remind yourself, okay, what did I put into this? What is this worth? What's the value of this to the person? How is this going to change their life or their day or their business? Whatever it might be, but it does happen, unfortunately. But then when it comes, I think it's less so with a product, but when it comes to a service, uh, actually, no, I suppose with a product as well, it's also about kind of positioning yourself at that level where people expect your prices to be at a certain point. This is actually something that I'm doing with one of my other clients. So we've just raised her prices. Absolutely scared the shit out of her. She's not done it for four years, but we did it and it's fine. Um, But we're positioning her in her market as someone who is, you know, up-leveled. We're positioning her treatments. We're positioning her products as something which is more the luxury end because it is. Um, So we're positioning her in that way. So then her clients expect to pay those prices. And also, you know, we're going to attract people into the business that are already aligned with those prices. They're not going to want to barter down. They're not going to want to, you know, argue. They can tell before they enter in, okay, this is someone who is at this level and she's at this level and her prices are at this level. I'm at this level now. So I need to go and find someone else who's at this level. So it's kind of like how you position that as well. But that but that does take time and that comes down to, you know, your messaging, it comes down to your branding. Um, it comes, it comes down to a few different things, but it can be done. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Remember to join us on Facebook at Female Boss Society UK, the link's in the show notes, or drop me a DM on Instagram at underscore the balanced boss for the link or to ask me any questions. And I will see you in the next podcast.